I'm really excited this morning to be able to share my testimony with you. Um, and I've entitled this, The Mushy Peas That Broke My Heart. And this is my story of how God took me from lack to abundance. So my aim today is to tell you how God took me from financial lack to financial abundance and the journey through the hard stuff in order that I might be able to help some of you with the fear, the guilt and the shame around talking about money and addressing our financial issues. So let me give you a little bit of background. I come from home with a girl, my mum and my dad. My dad was happy-go-lucky, you would call him. He would pay for the bills and then whatever money he had left, he liked to go down the pub and have a pint of Guinness and if it was his last £10, that's what he'd do. He always said, I could be here today and gone tomorrow. Um, and actually, praise God, he did live that way because he died of a massive heart attack at 63 and he wouldn't have lived to store it all up. He wouldn't have been able to enjoy it. My mum, on the other hand, was a saver. She saved and she invested and she always saved for a rainy day. However, she also used money as a form of control. So, if you were in her good books, you'd get. If you were in her bad books, mm, you wouldn't get. And that's pretty much how it still is. Um, she taught me how to be a strong, independent woman. She said, I always had to be a strong, independent woman. Because when you grow up, no one's really got your back. Or if you do have a man, one day he's going to leave you. So you've always got to have your bits squirreled away so you can take care of yourself. And so that's how I was brought up. That's the idea of money going through my head was one way and then the other way. So I started work at 16 years old. I got a job in a big American shipping company. Um, I worked in the accounts department and I was there for 18 years. I was the first person in my family, to, even though I was the youngest, I was the first person in my family to own my own car. I was the first person in my family to own my own house. First person in my family to get married. Um, I had a good life. I was a strong, independent woman. This attitude, however, will obviously lead to complications down the line. I bought a house, I had two kids, and I got married. In that order, we had, me and my husband had separate bank accounts. Because you've always got to keep it separate. I've got to be strong and independent. We had separate bank accounts. I took control of the bills, the mortgage, the shopping, and the kids. Because I was Miss Beyonce. <laughs> Unfortunately, at the time, I didn't realise that this behaviour would strip a man of his responsibility as head of the family. But that's a story for another time. At this time I wasn't, I was in church, but I wasn't walking with God. After 18 years in accounts, I had both my children and I was made redundant um, and I went into foster care and I did that for three years. However, the demands of foster care put a tremendous strain on my family. 
So I made the decision to leave, not knowing how I was going to manage. I took a job in a nursing home, looking after old people. I went from earning, from taking home £3,000 a month to taking home £500 a month. That's a huge drop. Huge. But while I was fostering, I came to Christ. And I was learning how to be led by the Spirit of God. I got deeper and deeper into debt. And I didn't see any way of getting out of it. Now, I can't tell my story without sharing my journey into giving and tithing. Because this is how God reversed everything for me and taught me a new way. That Beyonce didn't know it all. <laughs> and I didn't have to be a strong, independent woman. Remember, I came from a family where money was used as control and to give you a sense of power. Well, I'd been stripped of all of that. All I had now was God's words, and I was hanging on to it. God gave me the verse, Malachi 3.10, which I'm sure we all know. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing, there won't be enough room to receive it. Mm. Now from 3,000 pounds to 500 pounds is no joke. It's easy to give, easier slightly to give when you have, but when you don't have, it's even harder. The only problem was, I didn't know what tithing was. I'd been in church for 13 years in Church of England. Nobody mentioned it in Church of England church to me. So I didn't know what it was. So I went to a conference, a Heidi Baker conference. And Jay John was speaking, who makes humour of everything. And this is how he described tithing to me. God's given you ten donuts. All he's asking for is one donut. So, I began my journey with tithing and giving. I'd like to say I was 100% obedient at first, but that is so not the truth. <laughs> it took a few years for me to consistently tithe. I started with changing the baskets. Then, I started to put change in the basket. I, I put notes in the basket, but then I needed change from the basket. I didn't have enough. Then I decided that I was going to give. I was going to give 10%, which was still a difficult decision, even though I was earning at the time £3,000 a month. Didn't make it any easier. I still decided to give 10%. I questioned everything in my mind. What the heck was the church going to do with my money? How much are the bills? How much are the lights? 
How much tea and coffee do we drink? How many biscuits do we eat? Surely they don't need that much money. I questioned it all. The truth was, I was afraid. I was afraid of not having enough. I was afraid of losing control and afraid of trusting God where finances were concerned. Because of this, I gave on and off. Surrender was a, surrender to God was a gradual, ongoing thing. So, how I like to describe it is, we give our lives to God, and we come under the blessing of God. But surrender's a gradual thing. And so I bring my life under the blessing. And I bring my kids under the blessing. I bring my job under the blessing. But what did I do with my money? I left my money out here. Now if it's not under the blessing, if we don't surrender everything to God and bring it under the blessing, the devourer is out here. And we'll take whatever if we don't bring it under God's cover. I decided to put my money under the blessing so that the Lord could rebuke the devourer for my sake. The safest place for my money was under the blessing. As my marriage began to seriously break down, life got pretty tough at home. Things went financially from bad to worse. My credit card debts were so high, I couldn't afford to pay the minimum payments. We crept into 20,000 pounds mortgage arrears, and I couldn't adequately feed my children. I remember not having enough for a loaf of bread, and having to borrow my son's pound pocket money back. I remember the moment that I hit rock bottom, when I bought a tin of mushy peas that were about 17 pounds to try and fill my kids up because the kids were too expensive and we couldn't afford them. And my son bit on a stone in a cheap tin of mushy peas that I kept for a very long time. That was the moment that broke me as a mother. But throughout... <coughs> I kept on tithing. I knew that God couldn't lie. I knew that his word was true and there was only one way to find out. And that was to continue to be obedient no matter what the circumstances looked like. You know, we often quote, God loves a cheerful giver. But I learnt to be a cheerful giver through obedience. God brought supernatural provision in many forms. People would grab my hands and say, Fiona, let's go shopping and pay for all my groceries. 
The thing that I loved, my favourite thing at the time, everybody knows, was coffee, but also was kettle chips. Salt and vinegar kettle chips, the blue pack, absolutely loved them. They were a luxury that I couldn't afford. But you know what? People would just randomly in church come in with a bag of kettle chips. <laughs> People at work would bring me bags of kettle chips. I had so many kettle chips at one stage, I had two carrier bags full of kettle chips in my house. <laughs> Does God care about kettle chips? He cares about what we care about. If it means something to us, it means something to him. And God is God. I remember my son loved nice deodorant. He liked links. £2.50, which is expensive if you've only got £40 shopping for the week. And I remember a lady at work who didn't know my circumstances. She said, Yeah, look, my son's got all of this deodorant. He keeps getting it for Christmas presents and he doesn't want it. And for over a year, my son was supplied with links. <laughs> the supernatural provision of God. I remember it was my daughter's birthday coming up and I didn't have enough money to buy her a present. And I kept saying, Lord, I've given her to you. She's your child, she's not my child. It's easy to believe God when it's three weeks, three months ahead of time. But as the days get closer and closer, and your daughter's excited about her birthday and you have no money, your faith gets stretched a little bit. <coughs> I remember a week before I had a flat tire on the car and the RAC man came out to fix the tire. And I remember it was pouring with rain and God said to me, tip him five pounds. <coughs> and all I had was five pounds. I was like, I stood on my drive arguing with the Holy Spirit as to why I could not tip the RAC man five pounds. Because I needed this for bread and milk. However, I can't say no to Jesus. I tipped the RAC man five pounds, sent him on his way. And two days before my daughter's birthday, I checked my bank account. And there was £360 in there from a rebate from something or other. My daughter had a great birthday because God loves his children. One of the other, you might call it big, but to be fair, they're all big miracles, even the little ones. While I was going through bit of divorce. I didn't have access to the family car anymore. And I remember walking my daughter to school in th all through the winter. And she had to be in school by 10 to 9. I had to be in work in a school at 9 o'clock. And I remember dropping her off and running all the way to my school in the rain because I didn't have the money for the bus there. And I remember saying, whole way, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the car that you're going to give me. I know you're going to take care of me. You know I need this. 
I know you're going to take care of me. And that Christmas, which looked like it was going to be the worst Christmas ever, I was unhappy at home. We went to my sister's house because I didn't want to stay in the house. We were all in my sister's basement, unhappy, and I got a text out the blue from a lady that I'd met when I did the Alpha course and got saved. I hadn't seen her for five years. And her words to me were, God has told me to give you my car. Yeah. And she gave me her car. I remember jumping up and down on the bed with the kids on that Christmas morning, shouting, God's given us a car! <laughs> and then realising, oh, we don't have the money for the insurance. The next day, we had a family gathering, the rest of my family at my sister's, and my sister gave me a cheque, a blank cheque, for whatever the cost the insurance would be because God loves and provides for his children I taught my kids how to tithe during those worst times I remember Josh he started out he'd go and work with Rob for one odd day sometimes and help him out and he'd come home and he'd tie that way up because I taught him God's way. Now Josh went to grammar school, really bright kid, he expected to go on to university, do the right thing, get the qualifications, get a good job, stay in it till you retire, get a pension. The only problem was God had said to us, no debt. What was we going to do? We decided to do what God had shown us. If, God, if Josh was meant to go to university, God had miraculously provide. If he didn't, we wouldn't go. Because we truly believed that God had told us no debt. Well, God didn't provide. And he didn't go to university. But God had another way. <coughs> Josh went to work for City World. He'd always wanted to work in a cinema. And God had provided that first job for him. He worked there for a year. Where his favourite thing to do was cash up at the end of the night. And sort out all the money. So one day I randomly said to him, why don't you look for a job in a bank? So he did. That week, he applied for two jobs in two banks. And he got both of them. Mm -hmm. He went on. When he started, they told him he'd have to work in customer service for two years before he, did. he could even think about promotion. After one year, he was asked to go for a new role that had been created as a fraud investigator. He said, I can't. I've only been in customer services for one year. And promise he is, it has to be two. He said, don't worry about that. Because God loves his children. And he takes care of them. 
and the favour of God rests on our lives. He was given several pay increments and shares in the company. He was faithful. And God was blessing us. God was teaching us that we could totally trust him. And the spirit of mammon and fear was losing its grip on us. During this difficult time at home, I created a vision board. And I had it in my bedroom. It was the first thing I saw in the morning and the last thing I saw at night. It was all the promises that God had spoken to me. And my biggest fear was losing my home. We were in mortgage arrears for 20,000 pounds. And the, we had court letters coming through the door for our house to go up for repossession. The day I got the letter for repossession, God spoke to me. He gave me Isaiah 32, 18. It says, my people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, and in undisturbed places of rest. I had my word. God wasn't about to see me and my children homeless. Mm. I pinned that <coughs> scripture up on my board. And I put a picture of a riverside apartment. Because <laughs> I'd often joke with the kids, I quite fancy a swanky riverside apartment. They laughed and told me it wasn't a proper family home. <laughs> After several years, the divorce finally ended and my house was sold. My prayer was that I would find a buyer in the first week with a cash offer who was willing to refurbish the house. I didn't have any money at the time. We didn't have any money to do the repairs on the house. It was falling apart around us. So that was my prayer. And God heard. We found a cash buyer the first week went up for sale who wanted to totally refurbish the whole house I walked away with more money than I ever thought possible and despite being told there were no apartments where I wanted to live God made a way where there was no way not only do I live in a beautiful apartment but it's smack bang on the river <laughs> It was more than I could have dreamed or imagined. And it was exactly, exactly like the picture on my vision board. The mortgage arrears was paid off and all of my debts were totally paid off. I have been blessed to be a blessing. And since I've been able to be a blessing to others in need. I've been able to help other people who have been moving home. And most of all, I've been able to pour into the kingdom of God through various ministries. God says, I set before you life and death. And just in case you don't know which one to pick, he says, choose life. So that you and your children may live. 
I had a choice to do things God's way or my way. But my way normally ended up needing a rescue mission prayer. <laughs> God was not trying to take from me. He was trying to get something to me. God didn't need my money. He wanted me to choose life. So my family tree, my children, my grandchildren, my great-great-great-grandchildren would be blessed. But it was also for a much bigger cause. For the sake of the kingdom. God doesn't need our money. But the earthly church does. For this gospel message to be preached around all of the world and to all of the nations. So why am I telling you all of this? Because I've been delivered from guilt and shame. Which is why I can stand up here and tell my story. Jesus carried my guilt and my shame on the cross so I don't have to carry it. So what do you do as a free person who's been delivered? Well, you can keep walking and have a nice life. Or you can look around and bring deliverance to others. God is no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he wants to multiply and do for you too. Money in and of itself is not clean. We use it for all kinds of things all over the world. But when we give God our first fruits, the first tenth, we bring our money under the blessing. And the unclean becomes clean. And the Lord rebukes the devourer for our sake. Anything Jesus touches becomes clean and multiplies. I have an obligation and a privilege in sharing my story. But only you can choose life. <laughs> you know, God's word often requires a response. The woman with the issue of blood had to fight through the crowd and touch the hem of his garment. The man with the withered hand had to stretch forth his hand for Jesus to heal him. And the disciples had to physically drop their lives and follow Jesus. Their faith required an action. If anything I've said this morning has stirred you, then I'd like to give you an opportunity to respond. Maybe you've never heard of tithing like I haven't. Maybe you give but haven't been able to give consistently. Maybe you're scared because you're so in lack and don't even know where to start. Maybe you give and tithe regularly, but you want to go to the next level. There's no ceiling with God. There's always more. Wherever you're at, whether you give or whether you don't give, I'd like you to invite you to stand as we ask God to help.
help us learn to trust him more. Father, I thank you for what you have done and continue to do in and through my life and this testimony that you want to multiply and make many more testimonies. I thank you that you love us and you do not leave us as orphans, that you're a good father. I thank you that you are faithful even when we are not faithful. Your heart is to bless to a thousand generations and change our family trees forever. Father, open our hearts, open our eyes, and open our ears to hear and respond to your voice in the area of giving. Teach us your ways and ruin us with your unending love. I break the power of Satan's stronghold over your minds concerning finances, and I bless you and your children and your children's children in Jesus' name. Thank you.